Good morning. It is June 5th, 2020. This is Ruth Whitstein. Oh, heavens. This is the door that are stuck at the south, and I am dealing with the heat. Ugh, it's terrible. It's warm. It's going to be like 85 degrees today. I think next week we're going to hit 99 degrees. Too toasty, man. Too toasty. So, what's going on? Uh, well, I had a rough time sleeping last night. Um, lupus pain. Just couldn't relax or shut things off. Plus, there was a bag of donuts calling my name in the kitchen that I had forgotten about. Yeah, they were hiding in the cabinet. Those little tiny donuts, you know, the little, little, little chocolate-covered ones, you know, that come in the bag. Several different companies make them, but yeah. Yeah, I found, my husband bought me those. I was going to try to eat clean, right? Remember we talked about this yesterday? I was going to eat clean and eat fruits and veggies and blah, 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 blah. That all went by the wayside at about midnight when I discovered donuts and rip your floats again. Hmm. And that discomfort kept me awake because it made me feel uncomfortable. So today I'm going to try it again to behave myself the best I can. I just don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it off, and I certainly hope that I can. It's always it's always a struggle to eat proper. It just is. Hmm. Well, the news really hasn't changed much. Trump is still being an a-hole, and um, his constituents don't even step in to stop him. This blows my mind. These people should be ashamed of themselves. You know, Lindsey Graham came forward and said that he is angry that people think that he is in Trump's pocket. Well, he is. He most certainly is. The way he behaves, you damn right he is. He is a yes man. He will stand there and just not stand up for what's right. If you listen to what he said in previous administrations or listen to what he said when he found out that Trump was running for, for the Republican office, you know, he did not think that Trump was fit to be a president. And then now all of a sudden he's just kissing Trump's ass. What is it about this president that no, well, there's like one or two, maybe Mitt Romney and this other lady that will literally stand up and say what needs to be said. They're terrified of him. All these other guys like Mitch McConnell and all these, they're all scared of, of this giant orange toddler in the White House. They need to quit being frightened of him and reel his ass in. His abuse of power is just gotten out of hand. His idea that, you know, that he can invoke the military to, to roam the streets of the U.S. to police everybody, that is just, that is like a freaking dictator. He's still talking that way. He still thinks he needs to do that, and it's disgusting. And nobody that's around him wants to shut him up. William Barr is complicit in this um, and making it happen and lying now. They said that, um, again, they're coming forward and saying that, that the military use was in no way connected to his photo op. That is not true. All you have to do is watch the videos. Um, the time frames, you know, it's all listed. It is so right there on target with him walking across that path where the police forcibly removed protesters um, so that he could walk that very same path to go do a photo op with a Bible in front of a church that he never goes to, never prays at. 
holding up a, 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 a Bible that he never reads. So funny when they asked him <clears throat> what his, because he, this was early on of an uh, um, interview someone had of him, and he was discussing that his favorite book was the Bible. Really? And he couldn't name one friggin' damn story in there. One quote, nothing. He couldn't. He couldn't because it's not. He lies. He doesn't know anything about the Bible. I don't pretend to know everything about the Bible. I don't. I'm, I'm being very honest. I don't know. It's, is it my favorite book? Uh-uh. It's not my favorite book. Sorry. It's not. I'm honest. I'll be truthful. Um, yeah, I just, you know, his blatant bullshit. But, yeah, this whole posturing business that he's doing where he thinks it's okay to posture by using the military is dangerous. It's, it's literally putting our, our, um, United States constitution under attack. The freedoms that we enjoy, the freedom of, the freedom of speech is under attack people. And The freedom of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is under attack because this bastard thinks that he can unleash the military on people who want to peaceably protest, speak their minds. That is a dictator. That is a Hitler. That is Hitler. Okay? People need to wake the fuck up. I'm tired of this. I'm really tired of this. I'm tired of this attitude that he's so great. You know? Um, I'm tired of this blind following him around and I'm seeing all these freaking flags in people's yards you know like there's people down the street good friends of mine they've got a sign now Trump 2020 enough of the bullshit yeah okay that should be Biden 2020 enough of the bullshit I'm sorry but what is it about this man this president that makes the people of low income and, and uneducated. They don't want to educate themselves on the truth. What makes these people follow this idiot around? Why do they support someone who's so violent with his words and so hateful and doesn't like people of low socioeconomic status? He, he doesn't like them. He doesn't like us. I consider myself a lower, lower end, you know, we live very frugally. We have a low income. We have everything that we need, but we live frugally. We're careful with our monies. We're comfortable though, but we don't rake in the dough by any stretch. We are, we would be considered with our incomes, but see the way we, the way we took care of business of our lives, um, we don't have a lot of going out. If that makes sense. But the, the money's coming in would literally put us on the poverty line. That's true. Literally do that. And most of the people out here where I live, they're on the poverty line. Okay. And they support Trump. Who is keeping them there? Why do they support this man? He wants to yank, you know, these benefits that people get so they can stay home from their jobs. You know, he wants to yank all that stuff. He wants to get rid of, he doesn't like social security disability. He doesn't really believe people deserve it. All you have to do is listen to him. 
you know, there's people out here that are on that stuff that support this man. Do they not realize eventually that shit will be ripped away if he gets to stay in office longer? Give him four more years and he'll literally strip this country to nothing. He'll only have it for the, for the, for the billionaires. The violence and the racism and everything that goes on with this man. But see, the large group of people that are in this group are white. And they're racist. And they're generationally racist because they don't know any better. They're generationally so. They don't understand. They're just picking it up from, from parents, you know. And that right there happens so much across the nation. You know, so many people are generationally ignorant on so many issues with race, um, with the idea about the LGBTQI community. They're just extremely ignorant. They don't understand. They keep grabbing that Bible and waving it in the air. You know, the thing is, and they'll use the word Christian. Well, I don't, I don't like these people because I'm a Christian. Okay, well, if you pay attention to Jesus, who's supposed to abolish all that previous stuff, right? Why? Would anyone think that the gay people are bad if you read Jesus' words? Why would you ever think that to take it seriously? No reason to take it seriously because he took care of all that. He came for those people. He came for all of us, apparently, and he came for the people to, to, to release them from all those bonds of whatever. So you see, that right there makes no sense to me, this, this the cherry pick. But it's a racism thing. It's a it's a it's a violent thing for these people. That's why they like it. That's why they like Trump. I think. And um, until he's voted out, I mean, really, it's going to take a lot of us um, folks that maybe did not get to the voting polls in the last election to get off their asses and get there, even in the midst of this pandemic. I look at it like this. I look at it like this, and there was a little a little black protester, and boy, she said it very well. She said, if you are willing to come out here and stand next to everybody in protest for Black Lives Matter, then you should be able to get your ass to the voting polls. If you're willing to stand this close to everybody, get your ass to the voting polls. If you're not afraid enough to come out here and protest, then you shouldn't be afraid to get to the voting polls. And since, you know, the, the United States Postal Service is under attack by our very president, he would like to dissolve it because he wants to privatize it. And they don't want that. Well, um, you know, he doesn't want to fund it anymore. He doesn't want to fund it anymore. So, therefore, mail-in voting is not going to not gonna happen, uh, probably, because he's hoping to dissolve this thing before the election. Of course he is, because he doesn't want mail-in ballots to be a thing. Okay? He's so sold on it being a, a, a place where fraud can happen. He's just a dumbass. He really is stupid. He doesn't understand how things work. But it's, it's his last ploy. It's his last, he wants desperately to stay there in the White House. And, and you know, is it because he wants to be a power-hungry ass? Probably partially so, but also once he becomes a private citizen again, he is up for potential, you know, prison time because of all the horrible things he's done all throughout his, his life, really. I mean, you know, they're closing in on him. They're closing in on him with tons of evidence of other things besides his presidency. So, you know, sure he wants to he wants to, to run away from all that. I don't think he's gonna get to though. I don't think he's gonna get to run away.
because <clears throat> there are too many, too many angry people out there that don't like him. And his approval rating has fallen. <coughs> Excuse me, I choked on my own spit. Approval rating has fallen, you know, and, and what we can do about this is we vote. We gotta vote. Get him out of there so that we can have a happy, you know, it's, I shouldn't say happy because let me tell you, it's going to be a, 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 a long rebuilding of this country. He has ripped it to pieces so bad. You know, the environment, um, protections for, for people in general, you know, he's torn away a lot of things and he's put us in a position where, you know, the poor stay poor and the rich get richer and it's just you know, the healthcare situation. He's really screwed us. Um, in so many ways, and it's going to take, it's going to take a Democrat two-term president. It's going to take that to get this shit fixed. It ain't going to happen overnight. There's no way. I don't see how it can. I don't see how it can happen overnight. You know, I just don't. I see... It's either going to be the same president, like Biden, two, two terms, excuse me, or it's going to be Biden and then another Democrat after. We need Democrats in the White House to solve this problem. Unfortunately, the Republican Party is just sold on tearing down the little guy. They don't like the little guy. They like the rich guy. They don't like the little poor guy. They don't want to elevate the poor people. They don't want the poor people to come out of their hole. And this is sad. And the Democrats really want that. They want the, they want the poor folks out of their hole. They want them to be uh, on a level playing field with everybody else with good chance. And that's better for the economy. And, and, and even, even so, it's just better overall. We shouldn't be more about, it should be more about the people than the economy. And if you're more about the people than the economy, we'll come together in the right way. You know? And the planet needs to be reborn. It's, it's being reborn because the coronavirus and all this shelter-in-place in, in business. But those things are being lifted right and left, and they're seeing resurgence of the disease. They're also seeing the suffering of the planet again, a little bit here and there. And so it's, yeah. It's a deal, folks. It's a deal. The only, the only power we've really got. We can protest all we want, and that's great. Protesting's great. Protesting will bring people to want to vote. It'll, it'll open up the eyes of the average Joe to figure out what's going on. And, and that vocal campaigning for a better future um, will help. But we got to get to the votes. we got to get to the voting polls and vote these bad people out. And, you know, it's just like what, what Bernard Shaw, uh, Bernard said, George, George Bernard, Bernard Shaw. Heck, that CNN commentator, really good guy. He said that it's going to take, and um, he predicts it'll be a flipped Senate, Democrat, all Democrat Congress and Democrat president. It's going to take all of that to fix everything. Yeah, it is. And I don't think we've ever really had that in the favor of the Dems. 
like that, not long enough to do any good. Because, you know, anytime there's too many Republicans in the kitchen, so to speak, they're going to, they're going to spoil the soup. <laughs> they're going to spoil the soup of, of peace. They are. Because they just, this is not the same party of my mom and dad. You know, my mom and dad were Republicans. And I grew up in a Republican household. And I'm just going to tell you that, in truth, this is not the same party. I don't remember him being this violent. I don't remember him being this fucking hateful. I don't. This is this is unprecedented, in my opinion, the behavior of this, this party now. It's, they're hateful, awful people wanting to blame everybody else for their violence. You know, they're the ones going out as the instigators and being violent. And then they turn and they say, oh, it's that Democrat Antifa group that's doing it. They're the ones out there instigating all this violence. They're causing the problem. And then when the people who have the ability to check all that stuff, you know, the, the investigating agencies, they're able to trace it back to the, to the right, to the Republican groups. These Republican extremist groups. They're able to trace all this shit back to them. So why? They just want to deflect their shit. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't understand. I just wish that we didn't have to have parties. And we could just have decency, you know. What, what's unfathomable to me is why is... Why is he calling our president calling Democrats terrorists in general. You know, he's touting that the only good Democrat's a dead Democrat, which is something I hear out here. I hear that being chanted, you know, um, from various hateful people. Why is, um, why is he hell-bent on calling us the terrorists? What is terroristic about wanting peace? What is terroristic about wanting health care for everyone? What is terroristic about wanting equal rights for all colors, all genders, sexual identity, this, that, and the other, and, and, and women? What is terroristic about that? Why is that considered terroristic? Why are the ideals of the Democrat Party considered terroristic? Why is it bad that we wish that people that were, were, were poor weren't poor anymore. Why is that a bad thing? Why is that a terroristic thing? I'd love to figure out why they think that. They want to keep, they really want to keep the poor man poor. Oppressed. Make him think he's got no other place to go. You've got to stay there. Let's not increase your minimum wage. Let's keep you there. The Democrats are for increasing the minimum wage. We want to get it up to 15 dollars if not 16 bucks an hour. I mean, our cost of living has gone up. We need to meet that. People need to be able to survive on a minimum wage. I thought the whole idea of minimum wage was something that was a minimum amount that would provide enough for a person to survive on. It's not. Minimum wage is like seven something dollars an hour. There's no way anyone can survive on that without working two and three jobs. It's ridiculous with the prices of things these days. It's very sad. So, uh, why on earth? Why, 
my dog Lucy. My little German Shepherd, she's so tiny. She's toothless too. She's old and toothless, bless her sweetheart. She likes to bug Buddy. She gets over there and gets all, tries to act like she's all superior, but Buddy's got more teeth than she does and he's just letting her know that, leave me alone, I'm old and gray. Sleeping underneath this trailer, nice and cold, nice and cool. I got, I got me a nice spot here in the dirt, out of the sun. It's nice and comfy. Now go away. <laughs> She's just standing there like, I don't know what it is that she wants. Is it that she wants to play? Because she does sometimes. She does want to play. And I get off these top. I'm in the country, so I'm, I'm talking about what's going on. She wants to play. And um, even at her old age, she wants to play. So that it's kind of comical when nobody really wants to. It's too hot to play. I think that's what Buddy was barking at her for. Like, oh, it's too hot to play. Yeah, it's pretty warm out today. Bugs are pretty crappy. Um, I've got back pain again. It could be because I ate junk food yesterday. Again, I couldn't help myself, man. That was some good stuff. Back to what I was talking about, though. We really do need to get busy about this. Um, reshaping society for everyone. I, I just, I think... The only thing I can think of, you know, the the Republicans keep bringing up this whole business of they're terrified of socialism. Terrified of it. They confuse socialism with communism and fascism. The problem is our president is a fascist. See, he's a fascist dictator, wannabe. So why do they want fascism? Fascism is damn near communism. It's like they want, they don't understand the terms. They don't understand um, the dangers of what our president is trying to do here. They're so concerned about their guns. That is the biggest, biggest effing thing is they're coming for our guns. They're coming for our guns. You know, I, that's not going to happen. Um, and, and whoever is they are talking about, if they're talking, if they're saying that, um, are they talking about Trump? Because I would believe that over, I would believe a Democrat coming for their guns. We're coming for reform. You know, there needs to be gun reform. There needs to be better background checks. There needs to be psychological testing involved. Do you have the faculties? Do you have the intelligence for one to handle a gun? Do you understand the gun? Can you use it proficiently? I can't, to truthfully say. I can't and I don't want to. Okay, so for me, I'm not going to pass the test. That's okay. Um, and I also have PTSD. Don't need to be having a gun. See, PTSD people do not need to be having guns. That offended one of my friends who was in the military. Well, not friends. She's an acquaintance now. I shouldn't say that. I have to say acquaintance. I'm going to call it like it is. She's no friend of mine. She tried to take our house apart. Um, the crazy lady down the street. But in the beginning, you know, she was offended when I said, when I was making comments, because she asked my feelings on things way in the beginning when we first got here, and she discovered very quickly my attitude about stuff. And um, I told her, because she wanted to know about guns and Second Amendment rights, and I said, well, you know, I think the Second Amendment needs to be understood better, probably needs to be rewritten to reflect today rewritten in a language that we can understand it. I said it because it's really not written in a language that makes sense for this now. See, we don't have militias. We don't have regulated ones, well-regulated, and the people are not well-regulated. So for to say that the people can take over that, um, they're not well-regulated enough, see. So therefore, 
I think it's a null and void of amendment. Do I say that everybody needs to have their guns taken away? No, I think we need to fix that in the Constitution so people can get that, okay? Um, but to support that Second Amendment, right, I think that people need to understand that with a gun ownership comes responsibility and accountability. And being told that you have to take a test, renew possibly your proficiency abilities with a gun every year, I think it's a thing. I do. It's like, it's like, or as often as you renew your driver's license, maybe they could add gun renew, renewer ownership license at the same time. Better than what they're doing now, which is nothing. Um, and they need to do something so that they can, they can really look at the, at the person to see if they are psychologically stable enough to own, to own and, and operate a, a an implement that is really meant for killing. See, that's the thing, okay, that I'm having an issue about guns. Guns were designed and are designed to kill. So having a gun, there's great responsibility with that. And you should be no, I personally, my own self, can't have one, won't have one. I'm bipolar. No way in God's green earth should I own a gun. I recognize this and I and I fully agree with that if they said, you know, hey, given how you feel sometimes and how you nope, you shouldn't have one, I would agree with them. You're damn right I shouldn't have one. PTSD people who suffer from that do not need to be having one. She got angry when I said that. Well, I have PTSD and I'm an army. Yeah, no, I deserve and blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, you don't. I'm sorry. You don't. You know, you did your tour of duty when you're out there. Thank you for your service. You come back here and you want to own, you want to have a firearm in the house. And yet, what if you wake up and think you're in the middle of a war again and you get your gun and go out and just kill a whole bunch of people because you were in the midst of a PTSD fog? Do you really think that that's fair to the community that you're allowed to own something that you could potentially kill half the neighborhood with because you don't you could be off in a moment you want us to be uh respectful or, or or understanding of your ptsd i am as i have it too but i have it in a different way i have two forms of ptsd one is that i was attacked when i was younger and i won't go into it but it was a violent attack and I, certain things trigger my anger inside me and makes me feel uncomfortable. And so I'm very cognizant of that. Watch it very closely. I do cognitive therapy and I have online therapy for these things. And the other one is PTSD with my work that I used to have. Uh, work, the work that I used to do as a nurse. Um, yeah, those two things. Now, the first one where I was attacked could make me a dangerous person, I guess. It could. PTSD in an army vet who had witnessed, who had been involved, who had been attacked, who had been in the midst of, could become violent. Say, they don't need to have access to firearms at all. And see, my uncle, my uncle was a prisoner of war during the Vietnam War. They have no guns in that house for that reason. My uncle is a Democrat, though. He understands gun control. He's very much alive and well with that. He's not a supporter of NRA. Who thinks that people with 
Even extreme mental illness should be allowed to have a gun. Oh, yes, schizophrenics should have guns. No, they shouldn't. No, they shouldn't. Stable people. Schizophrenia is not a stable mental illness. It takes a lot to keep it under control. You shouldn't be having a gun. And that's not being cruel. That's being kind to the person with this mental illness. That you don't put yourself in that position where you could harm yourself and other people. It's, it's truly tragic to think that that's being mean. It's being responsible. So when it comes to Democrats wanting gun control, it's responsible gun ownership. But see, that pisses off a lot of people. Pisses off everyone. Oh, I deserve to have it. I have anger management issues. I've been, you know, in juvie as a kid for being so violent and this and that and the other. And by God, it's my right to have a gun. You see half these people who scream and holler into cameras during protests and they're very violent with their actions. They don't deserve to have a gun. And I don't think it's necessary to open carry a gun and show it off. You're just asking for trouble. Why do you need that? Guns should be something that I don't agree with hunting, but you know, that's that person. You can have a hunting rifle, not an AR-15 for God's sake, but you can have a hunting rifle, maybe a handgun for protection at the house, at the house. Okay. Um, I don't believe police officers. Yeah. I don't believe police officers need guns. I don't believe all of them do. I don't. I think there needs to be a reserved group that gets one that is armed like that. And that would be like your SWAT teams, just a group. But the other average cop, the average even sheriff that drives around, they need to have alternative methods of, sub of subduing. Guns are just dangerous. You know, and I think if they went to that, that level... You know, there's alternative ways to handle things. And we need to move away from this idea that violence is the only way to deal. Maybe we can move away from that. Maybe we move away from that violence is the way you handle everything. That will go a long way into um, making plans for changing people's minds. You know, if, if a person realizes that the average cop isn't going to have a gun... They're going to have a bobby stick or, or a taser. That's that's uncomfortable enough. Um, and then the guns are only reserved for things like SWAT teams, those groups that come in when they have to, very bad situations. Um, they're only reserved for certain organizations, but the, but the average peace officer doesn't need one. And if people realize that they're, that the cops aren't going to be walking around with them, then maybe they can put theirs at home in in their drawer and stop feeling like they're. Be you shouldn't have a shouldn't have a gun anyway. If you pull it on a cop, you're going to go to jail. You're going to get shot. See. But if we stop thinking we need it all the time, maybe this intense need for violence will go away. All that I'm seeing right now is this particular party wants to use violence for everything to enforce everything. They're just, it's a, it's a, it's a ego proud, obnoxious thread amongst this group. That's just, and it's funny because then they call the peaceable folk, the bleeding heart liberal, the terrorist. What the hell? I'm not terrorizing anyone. I'm just calling for peace. Why is that terroristic? 
Why is wanting peace terroristic? That doesn't make sense. What, what Trump did that day when he unleashed the military on peaceable protests to terrorize them, that was a terroristic action, in my opinion, perpetrated by the president on peaceful people. And that's an abuse of power. And there have been several retired Army high-ranking officers come forward and say that now. They're coming out of the woodwork and they're saying, uh-uh, this is, no, this is not good. This isn't a grievous abuse. Now, there was something else I found out that they did, too, the next night, I guess. They it deployed uh, an army, or I don't know what, I think it was an army medic, copter, whatever, to fly low, to come down into a group of protesters um, to blow with, you know, the, the there's wind that comes from the, the propeller, right? So, I mean, lots of, it, it creates a air current. It'll disperse people, okay? Um, people usually move out of the way when, when a helicopter comes down, any kind of helicopter, news helicopter, get out of the way. Um, medic copters, you know, they're airlifting people. You get out of the way until the propeller stops propelling itself, and then, you know, you do your business. Well, they used this one, and it was clearly by the shape of it. It was a, it was a military helicopter. They brought it down into some peaceful protesters around the White House. It's revolting what he's doing. This is tactics that a, hit, that, that a dictator would do. Every time people want to peaceably assemble, he wants to stop it. And in his rhetoric on Twitter, it's the words dominate. He just feels like he needs to dominate. That is not a leader. That's a ruler, say. That's a, that's a dictator ruler. That's not a leader. That's someone who wants total control. He wants submission He's a power-hungry bastard. He needs to go. Um, and this is what all these retired high-ranking officers are saying. This is attack on American civilians. This is attack on our freedoms. This is attack on the Constitution. It's attack on the flag and what it stands for. It's an attack. You're damn right it is. Our own very own president is attacking our own freedom to be. What's his thoughts? What's, why is he doing this? It's so clear. You know, it is, a, it is a, it's clear. I think it's clear. It's dictatorship. You know, all you have to do is look into history. Watch these dictators. They've got videos. You watch videos of Hitler when he's doing his speeches. I don't understand anything he's saying because it's all, he's speaking German, so I don't understand it. But he, the way he talks and the flamed rhetoric and his body you know his mannerisms and everything Trump is trying his dead level best to do that he's trying to ramp that up it's, it's revolting I don't want to live in a country like this I want this country back to what it was when Obama was in office I was feeling so good I was telling a friend of mine who was on the same page as me um, my good friend from Minnesota I said I miss the Obama years I miss not being scared I miss not being preoccupied with the news. You see, because there wasn't this breaking news every 10 seconds of horrible things that the president was up to. It, it didn't happen because he wasn't up to anything horrible. See? Not in our book. He was doing good things for the people, you know? 
the Republicans were pissed off because he was trying to put in EPA protections, environmental protections. Republicans were mad because he was trying to get health care for all. Oh, my God, don't get it for everybody. No, heck no. No. Republicans were mad because he was trying to uh, fight for gun reform so that people could be safe in their homes and safe on the streets. Not take their guns away. He even came out and said that I'm not here to take your guns away. But no, they just keep po po posting that and saying that they're here for they're coming for your guns. I have heard that from so many Republicans and supporters of Trump. It's revolting. It's just childish. It's stupid. It's, they're not listening. They're not listening. They're not listening to what, what Obama was standing for. Obama came out and said, I have firearms. My, family's have, my family has firearms. I'm talking about responsible gun ownership. I'm not talking about come take your guns away. I'm not talking about that. Okay? Get over that statement because it's not what's happening here. And Biden, I'm sure, has a gun. He doesn't want to take people's guns away. He wants people to be responsible. You shouldn't be allowed to carry your gun wherever it is that you want. I feel that way. There should be some gun-free zones. My property is a gun-free zone, people. You're not allowed to come on this property if you have a gun. I even told a police officer one day when he mistook my property. Well, no, he didn't mistake it. There was some. There was a. There was a person on the loose, and uh, apparently, I didn't know about who this person was. But apparently, this person had listed my address as his home and he had done that way before we moved here it was when it was abandoned when my poor uh my husband's friend could not keep up on it and she couldn't she couldn't she this was a hard thing she lived too far away and this was her mama's property her mama passed away and she couldn't keep up on it people were breaking in and stuff and the people that she let rent it would were just thugs there's a word thug thug meaning awful terrible um they were people that stole things and did drugs and things like that they were bad people They did terrible things. And um, so she, you know, was so, oh, so happy when we decided to buy this place because it was going to be inhabited and watched and cared for. And so um, this was about three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This armed to the teeth police officer, well, sheriff, gets out of his, comes up, sirens to my, my, my front drive there. It's before we had the gate, of course. Arms to the teeth. Fixing to bust down the door of the A-frame cabin where I had dogs in it. And I, I saw him coming out, which is, and I, I had my hands up. I said, you're going to leave my property now. He says, I'm here to get so-and-so and you can't stop me. And I said, well, who is that that you're here to get? I don't even know that person. And he stopped and looked at me and I said, I don't know who that is. I said, but this is a gun-free zone. You can't have guns here. I don't care if you're police. I don't care who you are. You put your gun back in that. We don't do guns here. Bottom line, no guns. If you need to hold your gun, stand in the street and we can talk. I said, but you're not coming on this property with a gun. I don't allow it. And he stood there and looked at me and he goes, you don't have the right. I said, I have the right to defend my property in the way I choose. I said, this is unlawful. You're not saying what, who is this person? Enlighten me who this person is. And he, he didn't believe me at first. He was, I'm going in that house. I said, no, you're not. You don't have a warrant. Do you have a warrant? Let me see your warrant. And he didn't have one. 
I don't need a warrant. I said, yes, you do. You absolutely do. And I said, I'm not allowing this. I said, this is my property. We have rescue dogs here. I said, in that house, no one lives there. It is right now two rescue dogs, three, one that's in, an invalid that's cared for in there. And I have two, ca three cats at that time. I said, this is not, um, who, are, who is, who is this person again? I said, can I have, do you have a photograph of this person? I don't even know who you're talking about. And he, then he went on and he said, well, this person listed this as his address. I said, this is my address. I gave him my husband's name. And uh, we stood there and talked for a minute. And he just looked at me and he goes, and then he relaxed. And he put his gun, walked over and stuck his gun in his patrol car. And he came back and he had a bulletproof vest on. He says, ma'am, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. He said, boy, he says, another sheriff might have shot you. And I said, yeah, and they would be going to jail for that. I said, unbelievable. This is my property. You need to be a little more careful than that. You don't just storm it without, you know, and you don't even have a warrant. You need that warrant. Where is the warrant? He says, well, we're in the process of getting it. He said, this is, this is a guy that escaped. And, and I said, well, how about a photograph? Can I see it? He showed me the photo. I said, I've never seen this guy. I said, is there any other identifying things in case? And he mentioned some tattoos and stuff. I said, okay, I will be on the lookout and I'll be the first to call you if I see him. I said, because I don't, and he told me this guy was armed. And I said, well, see right there, I would be ushering his ass off my property. I told you there are no guns here. Don't believe in it. My husband can't have one. We don't do guns here. And he went, okay. I said, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. No, oh, that just goes all over me. They scare the piss out of me. I just don't like them. And he kind of smiled. He goes, I'm sorry I scared you. And I said, well, you made me mad because you were coming in here like, I'm going to do this whether you like it or not. And I said, I didn't understand. I said, but we'll work together to find whoever this person is. They did finally catch him. Um, and, uh, but that's my view. I don't even want the police coming up here with a gun. I don't. Unless unless I've got bad people in my yard and I need assistance, then by all means, yeah, I guess. But let us get the hell out of the way before you start shooting. And don't hurt my animals. <laughs> you know? I just don't. He said, well, you don't own a gun? I said, no, I don't believe in them. I said, I'm sorry, I don't. I said, I have PTSD. And I'm the last person on this planet that should have one. All right. I said, because I can go from zero to bitch in about two seconds. And the last thing I need to, to have is access to a firearm. And I recognize it in myself. I wish more people would. I said, I don't believe that people who, who have anger issues. And I said, and I, and I did, I do, I, I do. I, you see that, that, that punching, that punching bag business over there. See, that's what we use. We, we have cognitive therapy here. This is like a sanctuary. And I do cognitive therapy. I have, I have a bit of a temper. So does my kid. <laughs> you know, we do this. This is what we do. We go over here and we punch on this bag and we get angry at the world. I said, we've learned my way of therapy and everything else not to be awful people. Um, because I'm a healthcare professional, retired, and I recognize that's what a person should do. I mean, I've been in therapy since for the past 20 years, okay? So even, you know, I'm just saying, 
And he just kind of smiled. He goes, well, that's kind of a first. He said, there's a lot of angry people with guns. And I said, they don't need to be having them, see? I don't agree with that. I'm very, very irritated with the average person who doesn't have a hold on their temper owning a firearm. Because, I mean, it's intention. The whole thing is to kill, right? Am I right or am I right? He's like, yeah, you're right. I said, so you shouldn't be having something. If you can't even control yourself, you should not have something that could kill someone else. You could hurt your family. Your kids could accidentally get it and, and, and uh, pick it up and play with it and shoot themselves. We hear about that all the time. It's appalling. I said, no, I'm very much not in love with those things. You know, not to mention, I, I do hold this view that they are kind of a chicken shit invention. And he just looked at me funny and I said, it, it really is. It's something that is designed that a person can stand far away, not even look the person in the eye and take him out. And I said, that is inhumane in the sense that I think a person can change a lot in a situation if they can just see the person's face. See, a lot can stop before it happens. A lot of bad things can stop before it happens if you're able to negotiate. I said, I believe in negotiation first and foremost in every single altercation if it's possible. People should try that. But a gun doesn't offer that, you see, because you can do this shit from far away. And that's why it's so appealing to people with such bad tempers or appealing to people that, that are just, you know, these school shooters and all that kind of stuff. I said, it's, it's sad. It's really sad. You know, I said, I'll be, do I not have, I have a weapon. It's packed away. I said, I, I have a sword collection packed away under lock and key. I've got it because I, I, I do know how to use them. My father taught us when we were kids, how to use throw knives and stuff. He taught us how to shoot and I didn't like the gun. Didn't like it. So I said, I used to be a fencer. I chose fencing. In, in high school and college and then something bad happened to me and it made me upset that I get triggered every once in a while when I hear certain type of music and I said that sounds retarded but I know this and that's what the therapist has told me to just look out for and be careful and keep things away from me that could hurt me and other people around me in case and uh, I said I recognize this so that's why I keep those things locked away now. See, I don't, I don't mess with that. That's responsible ownership of all of those kinds of things. He kind of went, okay, I get it. I said, yeah, I wish other people did though. I said, cause man, I tell you what, there's a view out here that really disturbs me. Um, we did a, my husband traded a, <sighs> I can't remember what it was he was trading. I think it was, my husband used to brew beer years ago. And there was this old man who wanted to make some wine. And we trade, he, my husband traded his uh, beer making equipment for a wood burning stove that we needed. And this is an old wood burning stove, but I mean, it would work. It was a pot belly. They were sitting out there talking, these two. And uh, this man was saying, you know, he says, you got a gun? And my husband said, no, we don't do guns. And the man shook his head. He said, oh, them damn liberals, you know, they're coming to take your guns away. They started that nonsense. And my husband looks at me, kind of went, oh, boy, here we go. And uh, he says, you know, you can't, you can't be too careful out here. He said, anybody cross your property, by God, you shoot first and never ask questions. And I told this cop that. 
So that's the view of a lot of people out here. Cross over onto someone's property. What if you're a, a missionary? <laughs> what if you're uh, delivering a package and you cross onto someone's property and they perceive you as a threat and they, they shoot you? I mean, that's just retarded thinking. I said that shoot first, ask questions later. I said, what is that? I hear that a lot down here in this state. I don't understand that. And he just laughed. He said, yeah, that's kind of a, it's kind of a thing out here. And I said, well, I don't like it. I said, as you can probably tell, I'm not from here. He says, yeah, your accent's different. Doesn't sound quite Southern. I said, no, I'm, I'm from Minnesota. I said, we're, we're way liberal up there. It's funny, the liberals, people think that liberal means that you should like everything, and, and that's not necessarily true. We like everything peaceable. But um, I said, gun control is a thing up there. It's a thing. I said, I wish it was here where we are. And I said, it'd make your guys' job a whole lot easier if not everybody in the world had a gun, wouldn't it? And he's like, yeah, it would. And I said, I'm sure you, you, would feel, you would feel safer in your own skin as a police officer. I said, but, you know, by rights, I don't think you guys need them either. And he just kind of, I said, I'm sorry. I think that you guys need a SWAT team for really violent things. And you guys need to learn to use your lovely skills of negotiation, which, see, you were ready to storm the Capitol, so to speak, in my house with your gun pulled. I said, you need guys need to learn negotiation skills. So much can be learned, done by negotiating. You know, we had somebody break in our house. When we first came here, I told him, he goes, well, did you, I said, no, just listen to the story. I said, one of them was injured, gotten into a fight with a friend. Um, it turned ugly, and I guess they had knives or whatever, and it was a pocket knife, and he got stabbed. Not really stabbed, but sliced, you know. My husband and I patched him up and got to talking to them, and they were just kids that went to this party. They shouldn't have come out here. There was a party going on down the street, and it was a bad party. And they got, people got drunk and got a little bit crazy and people dispersed. And then the last two people there got into a fight and then they, these boys took off. And I said, I guess our house used to be a place where people would party and stop at. And these boys didn't realize that there was somebody here and we were sleeping on this porch back here at this, at this A-frame, this back before we had our cabin. And um, we were in the process of moving in and what have you. And, 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 you know, we had our little baby girl, she was still in a crib in a little pack and play, you know, and these guys start to come in and then my I sit up and they're like, oh, they freak. They stood there. You know, my husband hopped out of bed real quick and went to talk to him and I said, you know, he did the peace thing. We got, he says, baby, can you help us with this owie here? And I said, well, they need medical attention. He said, yeah, we need to get them there to the medical attention. He said, but I unfortunately can't get you there. You know, he said, this could use some stitches. And he said, maybe you need to call the police. And they said, well, it's our friends. We got into, we don't really want to involve the police in this mess because it's our friends. And, um, which is bad, you know, we drank too much. And, and, and my husband said, well, it's not my business. He said, but look, um, do you have someone to come get you? And, uh, this person said, yeah, but we're going to need some gas money. And so my husband said, okay, I'll let you use my phone. You call your friend. And um, I will walk you to the corner to make sure you get there safely. He said, now you don't have any weapons on you. And they, they said they didn't. My husband trusted them. <sighs> I was scared to death. And so we patched their owies, got them there. He gave them some money for gas. 
He walked him to the corner, um, had my cane with him, you know, like for safety for himself. And we sent them on their way and they were fine. And they got their attention later on, thanked us for not being violent to them. They got, they got, one of the boys went to the emergency room and got the owie stitched up because their friend took them. So there was that. And I said, and then there was another time that someone broke in. They were looking for food. And my husband fed them and uh, gave them some cash and sent them on their way. And th th that is how my husband is, say. And he just looked at me and he goes, they broke into your house? I said, yeah, my, my husband, did they have any gun? No, they had a hammer. Um, they tr broke the window and they jimmied the lock and got in. And, and uh, my husband met them at the door with the cane in his hand, you know, and Hey, what's up? And this guy was standing there. It was an older man. I, I want, I, I, you know, the guy was, couldn't even articulate what he wanted. And my dad looked at him and my dad, oh my God, <laughs> my husband, I, we call him daddy. My daughter calls him daddy. So I say, hey, daddy, this, daddy, that. Okay. So my husband looked at him and said, sir, you look like you're hungry. And the guy did, you know, the guy was disheveled, dirty. You know, he says, look, I can't do anything about, about all your lot in life. He said, but what I can do is give you some food. I can give you some cash to send you on your way and get you some help. And he just kind of looked at him and he, he goes, but I, he goes, look, I, what are you breaking in here for? And the man burst into tears and he said, food. And he said, okay, then let's have some food and let's find out uh, where we can send you to get some help. Do you have a place to go? And he says, no. I lost my home. And so my husband found the mission that was in another town and we got him there. I said, that's interventions that my husband's used to doing. And the cop just kind of looked at me funny. I said, and I, I've noticed that there is no intervention group out here. I said, I wish there was. I said, you guys could do a lot by intervening in that respect instead of pulling your gun on somebody. 90% of people who break into houses it seems like to me those individuals are needing something. They're, they don't have any money. They're, they've lost their job. They've lost everything. They've, they're homeless. You know, Is there other ways that we can help them rather than just pulling a gun on them or sticking them in, in the jail cell for three or four days and, you know, and, then, and then releasing them with five bucks in their pocket and say, good luck. And I've heard that's a tactic too out here. And he goes, yeah, that's kind of our thing. You know, we, we let them go. After they've served their three months and we realize what's, you know, three, three, three days, three or four days when we're trying to figure out what's going on. And then um, they get released to, uh, you know, usually the city or whatever. And I'm like, and without, just, you give them money and you send them, send them loose. Yeah. I'm like, and they don't really know where they're going. Right. So we're sending them back into the mess that they were arrested from. See, it's a cycle. How about we get them to that shelter? How about we get them some help? There's several shelters out here. I didn't know about that. Several places where people can go. And I know of two of them. And one of them, the guy that runs it, is my good friend. He's this amazing gay guy that um, that runs a thrift, stock, a thrift store and has a house for people who don't have. Big house he built. And it's like a, it's like a flop house, I guess you could say. But you, if you live there, you have to work. You work in his store and you help him and um, he helps the troubled youth 
the, tr the troubled kids that were went to jail and came out. He's him and his partner help. They're wonderful people. But because I think he's won many awards for this job that he does. Um, but because he's fortunately wearing the Bible belt, he's gay. There's stigma around him, which is sad, but he does a wonderful service. He's helped so many. He's helped so many people. Come on, go away, bug. Go away. You need to get lost yesterday. Sorry about that, guys. I got this bug buzzing around my head. Anyway, so, you know, the stigma of his choices in life, I guess, is is a, is that a, um, this one bug doesn't want to leave me alone. Is that a impasse or, you know, like a, I guess you call it impasse with the religious community. They don't like that part of him. So even though he does wonderful things for people, men and women, um, they, they frown at that. Well, he's gay. So, well, that's just against our religion. You're a Christian? Well, yeah. Jesus never said anything about gay being bad. I hate to blow, blow that one out of the water, but it's true. Jesus never said anything bad about gay people. That was Old Testament, and Jesus came to uh, abolish all the old law, remember? So, pff, holes in your theory, friend. Let it go. This guy does wonderful things. That's what my husband does. He sends people to places like that if he runs off across someone who needs. We're just not violent. We try very hard not to be that way. We've never really had to call the cops on anyone. We've tried to always find ways to help, you know. Now, one boy was circling our place. He was clearly on drugs, and possibly he, his behavior seemed schizophrenic. I was very worried about him, and he, it was in the middle of February, and it was cold outside, and he had nothing on but a pair of jeans, and his barefoot, and he was walking the streets talking to himself, and he kept coming on my property, and then he'd back off and come back on my, and I was alone that day. The whole day my husband was at work and so I did call the sheriff to say hey there's this unusual character and I, I described him and they knew who he was oh that's just so-and-so yeah he's he's a bit of a druggie you know until he does anything dangerous we really can't do anything I said no he's crying can you send someone out here and take him to a mission or something take him someplace where he can get some help oh we just arrest him you know give him three days of rest in there and then we just set him free okay that's again the thing that people do that's just terrible out here they arrest him. They keep him for three days in jail. He gets his little squares. He sobers up, and then they throw him back out on the street again just to do it all over again. They give him like five or ten bucks and say, there you go. That's not going to help him. I said, this boy is more than just drugs. This is this is full on, I think this is schizophrenia. And they, then they talked about the mom being the same way, and I said, this is a familial thing. You need to get him some psychiatric help. I said, where's your psychiatric intervention? They laughed at me when I said that. They'd never heard of such a thing. The psychiatric intervention team. What? What is that? I said, well, it's kind of like an intervention team. Okay, we're at the hour. You need to leave me alone, bug. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this because I'm getting attacked by this freaking fly. And um, we'll talk about these things at another time. But um, yes, peace out. Be kind to your people. Don't be violent. Be nice. Help out. And uh, wash your hands. Social distance. Wear your mask. Take care.